following podcast may contain a dash of popular profanities. We talk games, pick it a buck. It happens last Friday of every month. And because it's last Friday, that means we pick it a five buck. On the internet phone, Alex Greenspan. Hello. <laughs> Alex Greenspan. Also on the internet phone, he is joined by Clint Cockberth. What's up, everybody? And I am your host, Frank Hemblin. Frank Hemblin, star of Wiggly Time Traveler. Clickety, 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 click. Oh, sorry about that. Who's that? Clint Cockberth? Yeah, I'm clicking a little too much. Sorry about that. Clint will not click any longer. <laughs> no, I like the clicks. Oh, you like the clicks? Yeah. It's the first time that uh, Alex Greenspan and Clint Cockberth are on air. They normally just sit in back of me while I'm recording Arcade Weekly. If you don't know about Giant Media Ball, go there because it's gigantic, made of media. Sands fleas. Sands fleas. Wait. Sand, sand fleas? Yeah, sand fleas. Oh, okay. Broadcast both on the We Talk Games feed and the Giant Media Ball feed. So get those feeds and feed yourself in your feed hole. If you get on both those feeds, you get double the We Talk Games. Right. You get two things that show up in your feed and you're like, Jesus Christ, did I start this one? Did I start that one? Now I'm confused. And you delete both of them. <laughs> Stinky the Game Master is, of course, owner of not only the We Talk Games Network and Pick It a Buck and... Rosenstein's Information Technology and Enriched Elbow Macaroni, plus the We Talk Games Committee for Podcast Conformity and Listener Integration, otherwise known as WECAC Flipglees. He has instituted a new part of the We Talk Games Pick It a Buck, which is 100% game talk, zero filler. Now here is Stinky the Game Master's 32nd Global News of the World, as read by me. Guatemalans have not arrested certain spray paint artists, because they are going around with red spray paint and correcting the spelling and diction and sentence structures of the malicious taggers. Your reaction, Alex Greenspan? I guess it's sort of civic-minded of everyone involved. Clint Cockberth. Uh, why red paint? Because that's what you correct when you're a teacher. You use red paint. Oh, you use red. They actually like underline the tag and then X out the wrong letter they, or whatever. They'll add the accent marks. They will cross out words and put in the correct verbiage of that word and whatnot. So good for them. Right. See me after class next to it. They do not. And they do not grade the graffiti either. They just <laughs> correct it. It's like an entire movement of sarcastic painters you're out of time alex greenspan oh yeah 30 seconds you said right great idea of the 30 second global news of the world hope that doesn't happen again <laughs> all game talk all game talk. talk so as you know each month's topic of the we talk games pick it a buck is picked by tt schmookins with her writ team wetgack flip glees peeny acker eye rob 48 blapper ass g2000 and that topic is Robot Puncho! Robot Punch. 
I'm surprised that wasn't her first pick, considering she is a robot. It was her first pick. Well, who picked the topic for last month? Oh, right. It was William Bentley III. He yes. wanted to review his uh, run and gun in Dash and Desperati's, and uh, his was the shortest interview on the program. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, I blabbered on for several hours, I believe. <laughs> so let's get started with Robot Punch. Who wants to punch first? Alex Greenspan. Go! Thanks, Frank Hamblin. Yes. I got the call to do this robot punch thing, and I was like, you know, you shoot a lot of robots, but you don't really punch a lot of robots. And I didn't really come at it from the, you could be a robot punching people or whatever, which there would have been more choices. But I finally settled on a game that I really liked when I was in high school. It was 1993's Cyborg Justice for the Sega Genesis. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this game. I think it was fairly obscure. Yeah, it's obscure. Yeah, I never even heard of it. I'm pretty sure 93 was kind of like um, the, the Genesis was starting to wind down. It was heading towards the, the Saturn to come out like in 95 or 96. So all the big titles for the Genesis had come out already. Um, and including a lot of titles in the same genre that were way better than Cyborg Justice when I went back and revisited it. It's by a company called Novo Trade, which I had never heard of. So I looked them up. And it turns out they developed the Echo the Dolphin series on the Genesis. Oh, my. Which I had, I had no idea. I thought that was a first-party title. Yeah. Uh, and Novo Trade would, would eventually become Appaloosa Entertainment or Appaloosa Marketing, something like that. They stuck it around until, like, the early 2000s when they went under. The only other game of theirs that I've played, I think, was a Saturn title called um, Three Dirty Dwarves. Yeah, that's a great game. Yeah, that was a great game. Yeah, Cyborg Justice, not so much, but we'll get into that. Nostalgia, it's, it's, it's a really blinding thing sometimes, I think. I remember loving this game when I was a kid, and I played it and played it and played it and played it. I happen to be a big fan of any game where you walk to the right and punch stuff, and this definitely falls under that. It's a haymaker. Okay. Um, after I got into playing it a little bit, I discovered that you're not actually robots, so the whole thing's invalidated. But <laughs> you're a space pilot. You crash land on this automated mining facility, and they take the burnt-out husk of your body and implant you into a robot and then try to enslave you to go work in the mines. So here's the cool part of this game is right here stacked up front. You get to build your robot. There's like six or eight choices in each category, and you pick your like weapon arm. So you could pick between like just a normal fist for punching. You could pick like a rocket that shoots off. There's a laser gun and a rotary saw and this weird mace thing and flamethrower. I think I said the flamethrower. Anyways, there's a bunch of choices. You pick that. You pick your body type. And I don't think the body type has any game effect, but I could be wrong. I picked this uh, really, like, squat, chunky-looking, no-head robot to be my uh, body type. And then you pick your leg types. They all give you, like, a special move or a special attribute. Like, I wound up picking the um, big stompy legs that let you ignore damage from spikes on the ground and stuff like that. After playing it a little bit, I'd, I'd actually recommend taking the long jump legs because there's some big pits you have to jump over and you just wind up taking a whole bunch of damage for no reason if you don't take the long jump legs. So that's really cool because you get to design this robot from the ground up. You can make it look really cool. Here's the issue with this game. Okay. 
every enemy you fight uses the same system and the same parts. You'll be fighting a whole bunch of guys that look very similar and have all the same move sets minus their special attack from their weapon arm. After the first guy on the first level, you then fight two of them at a time. They're basically as capable as your character. And this is sort of the big problem with this. So you have to be really cheap until you kill one of the pair every time. Stick and move on the outside of the screen. When you see a guy coming, just like jump kick him down so that you can punch the other guy. The move list for the game is, is pretty good. You know, it's not Streets of Rage too good. You've got special moves mapped to the A button. You've got regular attacks like punch and kick uh, mapped to the B button and the C button jumps. The jumps are really fast and um, the jump kicks are really damaging. I'll suggest using that a lot, especially because it's an automatic knockdown. It kind of takes a guy out of the fight for two, three seconds. Gives you the time to actually pound on the other guy for a while. But you take damage like crazy in this game. And there's no continues. If you play it on the easiest level, you've got five lives. I did not get very far in this replay. And I was forced to go to YouTube and look up the last <laughs> boss. And I had no recollection of it. So I think even as a kid, I never made it through this game. But the last boss, basically Mother Brain. So that's the one time in the game you fight somebody different than you. I remember several cyber games like, um, well, of course, eSWAT, which was also an arcade game. That was single dimensional, you know, right to left, no right. foreground, no yeah. background. This has the depth of field that you get in Streets of Rage uh, 1 and 2 and 3. I kind of <laughs> I leave off at 2 because I, I think that was the pinnacle of that series. True. That's another issue with this game, actually. It's got that depth of field so your, your character can move up and down on the screen. When you jump, you jump on the same plane that you're in. The problem is these robots are apparently paper thin. So you have to be like exactly level with them to punch them, which is not what you get in like Streets of Rage 2, where the everybody's apparently pretty fat. But that's really satisfying in the context of one of this, because you can kind of like angle in on a guy, punch him a couple of times, grapple him and what have you in Streets of Rage 2. In this, you have to kind of get right on a line with them, at which point the AI will tell them to do one of their shoulder tackles or something at you. It's kind of just mm. loose and floaty. In retrospect. Can and then, you do the keep punching when they're vertical to you and they come up into your punch? Yeah, you can. They're not usually that dumb. If they're not on the same plane as you, they will back off and circle around and then come in with a jump kick, typically. Okay. Again, that's another part of the problem is, like, you're talking about these enemies that they're just not dumb enough in the context of the game. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're jumping in on you. They're doing their attacks fast. They're swarming you like vultures. In a game like Streets of Rage 2, there'd be four enemies on a screen at a time, but they were all apparently morons because two of them would just <laughs> hang back and watch while the other ones got beat up. In Streets of Rage 2 especially, there was so much more enemy variety. Sure. You know, just, just in the first like couple of levels, you had the guys in the denim vests and the t-shirts that would punch and attack you like that, and, or they'd come at you with pipes or whatever, and you had the guys in the ponchos that did judo throws. And that's just in the first couple of levels, and it got way more progressively interesting like that. In this, again, it seems like you're fighting the same two guys again and again and again and again. On some of the levels, the guy will come out at the end of the level with a different weapon arm than you can normally have. 
Talking about weapon arms, another cool thing about the game, one of your special moves is yank the arm off of your opponent. Oh, nice. And then you can replace your arm with it. Oh. So you, the only time it's really good to do is when it's the, the final guardian of the level. And, and, and it's actually pretty far into the game when the final guardians start to have more unique weaponry. But taking those and using them is pretty good. The other thing that I didn't even realize when I was playing this, if you do the arm rip move and then do the arm rip move again to a guy with no arm, you actually rip his whole torso off, which instantly kills him. Mm. And gives you some life back, because apparently you eat his torso or something. (laughs) That might make it so that you can get a little bit farther in this game than I could when I was playing. But But it's uh, cheap, right? It's it's pretty cheap, yeah. Because of the cheapness of the enemies, you have to be cheap yourself. You kind of quickly learn that your special weapon arm, it doesn't really matter because those special attacks have way too long of a wind-up on them. The laser gun arm, you'll, it's a good four seconds before he actually takes the shot. And by then, one of them's gotten behind you and the other one like is jump kicking in on you. Mm-hmm. Laser shot is never going to land. Like the rotary saw, if you can stun a guy, then you can set up the rotary saw attack, which again has this giant like wind up. It does good damage, but it's just not worth your time. If you stunned him, take his arm. If you stunned him, take his torso. You know, yeah, because it doesn't matter what arm you have, right? And you can throw the arm if you get it. You don't need to put it on. <laughs> I think there was uh, like cosmic carnage. I think for the thirty-two X, I can't remember if you do that type of thing. Most people didn't buy that game, but uh, I tried to get every thirty-two X game there was. Oh, um, so now this one's called uh, what is it? A cyborg justice. Cyborg justice. Okay, because yeah, first thing that came to mind was um, Cybernator, which I'll talk about a little bit, but. There was also Cyber Cop, and I thought that would be up your alley because it's a dungeon crawler, like first-person dungeon crawler that came out for the Genesis. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've I never it. played it. I had the box in the stores that I worked at. But one of my favorite shooter games is uh, Cybernator, and I actually, that came out for the Super Nintendo. But I actually prefer the prequel to that, which was Target Earth. So if you ever get Target Earth, uh, Assault Suit Linos, that is a fantastic game. It's a shooter, but you are a robot. Just the play mechanics, the feeling of lighter gravity, the ways that you go through the ships. It's a very satisfying robot game. And uh, once again, that then it was followed up by Cybernator, which your character's a little bit larger. Still is fun, still is a good game. And then there were a couple others. Uh, I think Assault Suit, Lanos or however you say, Lanos 2, that was Saturn. Then I think they also came out with a 2 for the PlayStation, Salt Suits, Valken, and... You know what? A lot of games I've never heard of. Well, do you have the PlayStation 4? Because I think Assault Suit Linos came out for the PlayStation 4. I do. Okay, well, maybe that's good. Read a magazine and see if that's any good. (laughs) All right, we'll do. Don't listen to us. We don't know. (laughs) <laughs> Clint Cockberth, yes, want to add add in on this uh, Cybernator Coppernator? What's it called? Again? Cyborg Justice. Is it? Cyborg Justice. 
I was uh, looking at a video of it. It looks really cool. I really like the designs of the robots. And I do. Oh, yeah. uh, I always appreciate a game that lets you customize your character. That's one of my favorite things in video games is being able to pick and choose what your guy looks like, the color, even just changing colors of things. I love that. And with the <laughs> robot arms, it's neat because I was hoping it'd be almost like uh, – the way you were describing it, more of like a rock, paper, scissors thing, maybe. Like, you know, this gives you more reach, but you're sacrificing, you know, Damage. defense if someone yeah. gets close and stuff like that. But from the video I'm watching, it seems like the best thing to do to get through the game is rip off arms and rip off the torso because it just instantly kills the guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, is this, is this only single player? You could play this with two. I oh, didn't have a okay. chance to try that. Co-op? Uh, yes. You can also duke it out, uh, oh, which okay. I think gotcha. would probably be more interesting than the main game. Now, you know, Alex Greenspan, you can do two-player by yourself by just simply holding one controller in your hands and the other one you control with your feet. Yeah, that would be uh, not good. But you have to take your hey, shoes off. Yeah, That's at what, least, probably at what your least problem is. They, they would be distracted because I, I'm pretty sure when you're playing this co-op, the number of enemies does not increase. So uh-huh. I think in co-op, you would suddenly be more interested in using your special attacks. You would have more time to fight a guy and mix it up some. Yeah, just but, use them as fodder, like, you know, left and right with your tootsies yeah. and let them go after him. Now, do you have unlimited continues or is there a You've game got over? no continues. Ew, yuck. So you get five lives. I made it to about level three, I think, when I was playing it for this last night. Better get Does your the, game, uh, Genie. Does the background change? Because it looks like in the first two levels, they just palette swap the background and it doesn't change at all. Eventually, you wind up in some corridors. But yeah, the backgrounds are really weak. Also, the game likes to just irritate you. In between fights, it's shooting little rockets at you the whole time you're walking. (laughs) They're easy enough to avoid, but if you're not paying attention for some reason, you'll get blasted by these rockets and they do like half a life bar. It's just ridiculous. It looks like a fighting game where... You just have to walk to each fight because the guy walks a little bit, fights a robot guy after his life pops up. You yep. walk a little bit, you fight it. And whether yep. it's two-on-one or one-on-one, it looks more like a fighting game even than a beat-em-up haymaker. Oh. It really is. Did you guys ever try uh, Guardian Heroes for the, I think that was for the Saturn? Sure. It's kind of got that kind of, you know, your character has as many special moves as a Street Fighter Two character kind of thing going. But you're doing the walk to the right brawl kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's trying for that. You know, Guardian Heroes got it right. I think it avoided the whole problem with the too thin or too fat sprites with the uh, the three play fields that you can get into. But the art direction on this is, for the sprites is good. And the sprites are big for a Genesis game. Mm-hmm. Just going back to Streets of Rage 2, you're probably talking about a sprite three times as large as uh, a Streets of Rage 2 character. It looks good. It's well animated. Making your characters really fun. It's just the actual playing, not so great. Well, I know Three Dirty Dwarves is a really fun game. That was a big deal when it came out. You know, no one heard of this and didn't have an IP attached to it and just sort of came out of nowhere, but it definitely was a sleeper hit. Yeah, it was fun. I don't remember that much about it. It was just you were dwarves from a fantasy realm teleported to the modern realm into a sporting goods store so everybody just grabs some bowling pins and stuff and goes out and fights orcs they used to call this a punch and kick game when they first yeah. came out punch and kick i always use beat em up for the term for the uh like final fight kind of game right but yeah. now of course they're haymakers yes yes or else 
<laughs> it also reminded me when you were talking about it, now I don't know if it's anything like this, but Vigagoogigigis, Tactical Gladiator for the <laughs> TurboGrafx-16. Vegas's Tactical Gladiator, now that's a shooting, it's a force scroll as well, a force scroll to the right. But I think you can pick different parts for yourself. I think you could buy them and upgrade your giant. It's like, let's take a shooter, but make your robot so damn big that it can't avoid anything. What's um, the name of this game? Vugas, Vigus Tactical Gladiator. You know, when you said your mom, mom, please go to the store and pick me up. Vegagoogigagas, tactical glass. <laughs> it's so, I don't even know how to begin to spell it unless I get the box in front of me. But I just look up tactical gladiator for the uh, TG16. Vagigus. We I talk about it all the time. We're talking about how you can never sell a game because you can't tell people that you want them to buy you. No Bibangu's ambition. <laughs> yeah, I would ask my mom for that. For Vigigugu, she would have come home with Vegas steaks. And been like, is, this, is this it? It starts and, with a V. And she would have played it because that's more up the uh, the mom video game gallery there. Yeah. So I like this uh, title. I'm going to try it. I, I don't know. You know, like you said, it's uh, not the greatest title, but definitely sounds interesting to me. I got to tell you, Clint Cockberth, I hope you have a real good one to really wrap it up with. I, I got a good one. Okay, I, good, I, I, good, I, good. Great. I got a good one. And, you know, we never know. The first episode, we sort of knew what some people were going to review because I was actually going to review the same game that Horace Mangrove was going to review. So it was a good thing, but then he didn't know what I was going to review. So my review, this is really why I was so excited to hear TT pick Robot Punch because Immediately, this game sprung to mind. However, on the 20th anniversary of this system, on the second time I tried to go through and review it, because the first time I actually got scoliosis from trying to play this game, I put it on Sloppy Joe's bar, sat down to play it, and my left lens went out. It started to get the famous VB glitch, which is very similar to the Sony Ibo's DHS, the droopy head syndrome, where... Nintendo, evidently the ribbons were taped to the lens. So there's a couple ways that you could fix this. One is the oven method to bake your ribbon cable and melt the tape back onto it. Another is the solder method. But uh, I'm not going to try any of those. What I recommend is going to planetvirtualboy.com, planetvb.com, look for runner pack, and he will fix them on a cheap. He'll even tell you how to ship them to him, and then uh, he gets them back to you. They won't ever break again. But it took 20 years for this to happen, and you can imagine that I was pissed off. It's probably the most difficult game that came out for the Nintendo Virtual Boy. I always thought the name of the game was Tolero Boxing. It's actually Tolero Boxer, and it's a kind of a funny story because the reason I thought it was called Tolero Boxing is because... When they originally unveiled it, that's exactly what it was called, Telero Boxing. So I wasn't crazy. I was just dumb. I always heard people call it Telero is the way I've always Tellero? heard it pronounced. Okay. Yeah, Telero Boxer. I don't well, know. I guess it depends. I'll call it Telero Boxer. I don't give a shit. Telero, Telero, I don't know. Telerico. Tommy Tallarico Boxing. Yes. Punch a, punch a video game composer. Or, or, or do you play as Tommy? You do not. You play as Harry. <laughs> One of the best names for 
Anybody you don't want to fuck with, Harry. <laughs> Only superseded by the number one person you don't want to fuck with, Harvey. <laughs> Speaking of Harvey, um, that'll come up a little bit later. Teller Oboxer is uh, in the future, you know, of course, the 22nd century, I believe. And it's giant robots punching each other. Now, everybody says this is the spiritual successor to Punch-Out. It's like Punch-Out in 3D. It is absolutely nothing like (laughs) Punch-Out. Absolutely nothing. That's like saying a Studebaker is the same as a Ferrari because they're both cars. This is just both punching games, first-person perspective. But I don't know where to start on this because... Well, with my fucking thing breaking, that was not happy. (laughs) So I had to play with one eye as I tried to swish around my depth knob. And that's what happens. If you have a virtual boy that's still working, don't change the position of your depth knob. That is what eventually cracks away the tape. And unfortunately, when I set it down at Sloppy Joe's Bar, I changed my death no- depth knob. I'm going to call it the death knob because it kills your system. Yeah, it kills, <laughs> kills your eyes and gives you a headache. That's what people say, but um, they might have misaligned uh, thing. It does give you a little, I mean, yeah. I don't have too much experience with the Virtual Boy. The most I had was in a blockbuster that had a unit set up that you could try, and I played uh, Mario Tennis. So that's... Yeah, that was a game it came with. Fun game. So many great games on that, and a perfect opportunity, I think, for games to be, I don't know what they call this, retrofitted, or they're taking these Sega games from either the M2 boards or the Genesis, and like Fantasy Zone, Oopa Oopas, Revenge or whatever it is, and making it a 3D game. And those are beautiful. They're doing uh, Galaxy Force 2 is amazing, but that's talking about the uh, Nintendo 3DS. So it'd be really nice for the Nintendo 3DS to have this. And uh, what I did find out was that there's actually people out there that make videos. When I went to this uh, planetvb.com to find out how to fix this freaking thing, there's actually people that make videos that used to be able to play through the web browser on the Nintendo 3DS, but no longer can because Nintendo changed some crap up and sharing 3D videos and doing all this other stuff, that you, pictures and things that you used to do, it's all gone from the system, and it's a real shame. Nintendo's always had sort of a problem with any kind of online thing. It's really sad because... I just got it recently, and I've been really enjoying it, and I'll talk about that probably in some type of breakout bonus level. But that would be perfect to look at these games or even play these games on the Nintendo 3DS because you won't get a headache. And I don't care if it's all red. You know, I don't care if they put the other two guns in. That would be great. I would love if they did that because I've always wanted to play the Wario Land game. And that is super because you jump into the background, you jump into the foreground. That's one of the games I wanted to mention. And there's not a lot of stinkers on there. Uh, Japan had some stinkers. They had a, a Gundam game, which was supposed to be like a hexagonal war game. But then you got in, it wasn't even, it was like just like a squares. It's just like a grid instead of hexagon. So <laughs> right away, that was dumb. And then once you went into the hexagon to fight the other robot, it was a shooter where you uh, tried to 
go back and forth into the background and foreground. And I guess um, there's other games that do that, like the Dragon Ball series. Uh, there you go. It's all Bandai bullshit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I love the Dragon Ball series, but going between those two planes, it's What was cheap. that, like Ultimate Battle 22? Was that the one that well, did that, the DBZ game? I don't recall. I had I would buy them every year for a hundred dollars from Japan <laughs> versus my Super Nintendo. But way off point with Robot Punch. Way off point. <laughs> uh, but here's the good news: you can play this uh, on your computer. There's Virtual Boy emulators. In fact, you can do this cyan and red. You could do all the different types of um, 3D glasses that they have created, and you can watch the videos of this on your 3D television. So you could go to YouTube and decide to do side-by-side. It will work with your real 3D glasses. Wow. As long as you have a television that can combine them, which mostly you will. So you can watch, you know, you watch it. You're not, you're not playing it. Oh, hey, RoboForce. Hello, RoboForce. This is Don West. I'd like to order a large burger. <laughs> RoboForce. All right, we got to wait for that then. I have no way. To, I don't know how to work regular telephones anymore. <laughs> so they just have to. Hang I didn't up. know they existed anymore. They do, evidently, on my desk because it's RoboForce. It's from the 1980s, I guess. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how to turn it off. And I have to use a pocket dialer from Radio Shack that makes the dial tones to actually work it. So you can watch these things in 3D, and the emulation is there. The biggest problem is. My favorite controller of all time, besides things like the Nejicon, would have to be the Virtual Boy controller. And that is almost impossible to emulate because it's two analog D-pads on each side of the controller, plus an AB button on both sides of the controller next to those directional pads. And then you also had two shoulder buttons. So there's really no way to set this up with any type of regular controller. I mean, you can use the analog sticks, but then you're going to be in trouble because you have to reach up to the A and B in some of the games. Although I guess you could use like the lower triggers, but I would hate to play like that. Games like Galactic Pinball, you could play with no problems. But this Tolero boxing game, number one, you're going to have a hard time playing it with the regular Virtual Boy controller. But trying to map different buttons to it on uh, some other type of controller, like I, I tried my N64 controller because I have an adapter. Perhaps one of my other controllers would have worked better. But the problem is having those A and B buttons on both sides because sometimes they're, they're all used. That was a really nice controller, and it's it's strange. It almost seems like the N64 controller wasn't an evolution of that. The control on the Virtual Boy reminds me a lot of the one on the GameCube. In the designs where you put your hands, where it holds on your fingers, how long they are and everything right, like that. Right, right. Sure. Nice controller. Yeah, great controller. But you can use the four buttons on the right-hand side as a D-pad, but then you don't have two more buttons to the left of it. So those extra two buttons really screw you on getting the, the most out of this. But... Um, like I said, it is a way to play this on your computer, and it works very well, and you can get all the ROMs and whatnot. If you're really interested in Virtual Boy, I, I can't believe this community is still going, but go to planetvb.com, and you'll be surprised. These guys love it. They're making new games for it. They're doing all this stuff. 
making wow. new games. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more going on there than I took the time to look at because it was in the uh, the wee wee hours of the morning where I was so frustrated trying to get my thing to work. So, But it's done very well and it's active every day. That's your community for seeing red. So tell a boxers. Let's talk about this. You're Harry. Every giant robot is controlled by a human, either a male, a female, or a question mark person. So that was kind of interesting to see. A person shaped like a question mark? A question mark (laughs) person? Actually, Clint Cockberth, it's a robot. So I guess robots don't have sexes. So it's a robot controlling another robot. Ah. You're Harry. You weigh 4,300 kilograms. Now, I'm assuming that's in your robot. (laughs) And you're 3.85 meters high. Once again, I'm assuming that's your robot. Maybe and, is the is the robot's name Harry, perhaps? <laughs> I think it is. And then I think you're you because if you do beat the game, then you get to put in your name for some reason when you play through again. So Harry is the robot. Huh. Uh, and you get to see Harry only in the beginning. He looks like he's wearing uh, like, a, like a baseball outfit. Pro player tip. If you press your shoulder buttons while you're looking at the intro screen, you could actually make the little robot punch. Whoop the fucking do! <laughs> it could pull on Mario's nose on the menu. Right. And look Ex- funny. Exactly. You can move the 64 on the Star Fox logo. Exactly. Isn't that fun? Yes. yes. <laughs> I guess Nintendo was really into that at that time. They were like, hey, man, this is going to be really cool. The kids are going to love this. <laughs> I don't think Nintendo developed this, and it's a shame that I am so stupid that I didn't even write down who developed this. I think it came out in 95. I'm almost positive it did, uh, which is when the the Virtual Boy came out. Because I think all the games for the Virtual Boy came out uh, at launch time, and then the system died. Um, So Harry is your Tolero boxing robot. So I guess that, that tells you. The first person that you go against is Pagero. Pagero. Now, I don't know why they're called... Tellero Boxing, I know that the guy that created it was uh, like, um, boy, I can't think of his name. He Tellero re- Boxing was created by Dr. Edward Mackey Jr. Yeah, Edward Mackey. So he, <laughs> I guess he's uh, like the great grandson of, uh, of the Mackey clothes designer. That's yeah. it. I see. I don't know a lot about clothes designer. That's why I couldn't think of Mackey. Pagero is, uh, he's the easiest guy to beat. When you stun him or even just punch him, he sort of just waits around. You would think punching giant robots and fucking blowing them up would be amazing in a, in a punch out style of game. Unless it's Tolero Boxer. <laughs> you have this beautiful controller and they made the control so complex because you could charge move in like any direction when you're trying to block it'll start charging by itself and you don't want that charge move to happen you can you have regular different dodges ducks uppercuts hooks jabs body punches all these different types of punches and then all these different types of blocks as well and you could do single arm blocks double arm blocks but The way that it's set up is that if you're in some blocks, you'll start charging. And when you're charged, you hit both trigger buttons simultaneously and you do these machine gun punches, machine gun hooks, machine gun body blows, machine gun uh, uppercuts, etc. But you don't want to do that to some robots. You want to just give them a hook and too late, you're charging over there and now you get punched and lose because it depletes your charge. So it's 
incredibly complex controls and every robot that you face will telegraph it by flashing the limb that they're going to hit you with. You have to get very quick hand-eye coordination. And that's why this game is probably the most owned Virtual Boy game and the least played Virtual Boy game. <laughs> it looks fantastic. The concept is amazing. This is the first time I got that far in a game, even though I had to play with one eye. I wanted to, to beat this. And the other thing is, if you ever lose a match, you don't get to go on to the final boss. You don't get any ending except you got to improve your record. <laughs> you have to have seven wins and zero losses, or uh, I can't remember exactly how many people That's there are. messed up. That's like if you were playing Street Fighter 2, yep. and you don't get to fight M. Bison. Yeah, now you know that you get special endings when you when you don't lose a match, but at least you get a fucking ending. Yeah. This you get nothing. You get, you're a loser. <laughs> Go away. Uh, you just played one of the hardest games ever because it's cheap as hell. So like I said, this first guy's uh, pretty easy to beat. You don't really need any type of skills for that. And that's another place where it differs very much from Punch-Out is that Punch-Out, you can see the patterns after the first time you fight one of your opponents. Okay, this guy does this, and then when he gets pissed off, he does that, and that means I have to dodge and weave, and you can figure it out pretty much for yourself. I mean, you can use a fact, but you could pretty much figure it out for yourself. Tolero Boxer, it's incredibly difficult to figure out some of these patterns. You can figure out some of their special segments that they'll go through, but their regular fighting is cheap and very hard to figure out what hurts a person. Especially hard if you're trying to get through this with without losing one match. I know there's people out there, but I'm not one of them. And, and I'm pretty good at this style of game. But because the controls are, they're not just too complex, they're clunky. And it feels like you're really forcing the pad. You're not in full control of the robot. Next guy you go on is Spokan. You'll be able to beat him as well, most likely, your first time out. He's um, a town in Washington. Yeah, he's down in Washington. Washington. He's driven. <laughs> he's controlled by Big Rick. Big Rick is 32 years old. So you think he's only a rank C robot. Sounds like a truck driver. Yeah, he's more big than, more Rick. than a robot pilot. Yeah, best of all, <laughs> you don't pay property tax. And I hate to disappoint you, Wiggly, but this game is developed by Nintendo R&D 1. Oh, actually. my. They're yeah. fired. <laughs> <laughs> Now, it seems like most of these robots, when you get their life level to 50%, they'll start doing some really impossible cheap shit. So this guy lowers his head into his belly. I'd kiss you on both cheeks if you had a head. Um, he's, his head's just in his torso, or is he like kind of looking out through he's his looking torso, out, his head? He, yeah, he's looking out through his glass belly. And <laughs> what you have to do is keep blocking. This, this game can take you... A long time you have to learn how to block all the different types of punches and then try to just counter punch or you can try to counter punch when they're charging up this dude puts his head in his stomach and what you basically have to do is just keep blocking he'll raise his head up after you block a punch but sometimes he'll just keep it in his stomach so you just you're just uh, jabbing at nothing but basically that's how you win at the end his head goes in his stomach you block his punches he raises his head up, you give him a, a little a jab, and then you finally beat him. The next person is Dorahi, one of the hardest characters for me to get by. Because he's not bad to get him down to 50%, but once you get him there, his head turns into this 
giant star thing. It's like a drill, I guess. And it just comes and drills the shit out of you. And even if you're blocking, he's going to keep drilling you. And what's funny is this is the second guy that you punch in the stomach and he has, it has no effect. Um, except when he starts his drill head, then you try to hit him with a body blow and it will stop his drill head. He's from Germany. Oh, so it's like one of those little like pointed helmets like spins <laughs> yeah that's it no but i did play a game recently when where you get one of those it's kind of weird the difficulty jumps right there especially because of that drill attack he's only a rank b and he's only four years old that's what's surprising to me it's a four-year-old piloting this drill-headed robot i remember who it is now his sex is question mark. So he's being driven by DH.1. Ah. Now, not DH release candidate. It's DH.1. Robot pilots have at least a six-year development cycle. <laughs> what I forgot to talk about, yes. What I forgot to talk about, well, he's on, and he's only two. They developed his fucking drill head, I'll tell you that. What I forgot to mention is some of the funniest things I've ever seen in their defeat animations. Because what happens is you blow them up and now their commanders, their controllers, their writers, their, their pilots, pilots. <laughs> Thank you there. Cunt cockbirth. Uh, no problem. Frank Hemblin. Right. Yes. So they'll show up way in the background in this spotlight. And I think the second dude, like, dances off in this breakdancing type of uh, crazy moves where he's like, uh, you know, Michael. He loses and he he dances off (laughs) the stage lefty. And he just like. And he goes back and forth. I mean, the the spotlight follows him around. DH.1 explodes. (laughs) And once you could get past him, to me, it's actually a little bit easier, although you can get really stuck in these. Um, You can get on a real winning streak where you just mostly jab body punches, jabs to the head. Some people are just susceptible to uppercuts. After they start dodging your uppercuts, you can hook them. Bomb-coon, bomb-cum is the next bomb-cum. Bomb-cun. No, no, Clint, Clint. Yes, he's driven by Picky. Picky is a male. He's uh, 527 years old. <laughs> uh, his rank is C, and his country is nobody knows. But I'm going to tell you something about Picky. Picky has a bomb in his hand. Picky has a bomb in his hand, and the he also has, has a bomb in his hand. Yes, and his robot is like a clown, and his robot has a timer on his chest. And when that timer counts down to 50, he and his robot blow up. <laughs> So he is a suicide bomber, and he How? definitely looks Japanese. Oh, no. So, yes, he. there's no doubt about it. I thought he, if he was 500-something years old, I thought he was a vampire with a death wish. That might be, but I don't think vampires blow up with bombs. It would have to be a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. Oh, but no, no, wait a minute. Then the werewolf comes back together if you blow him up with a bomb and kick That's him true. out the window. I saw it in Monster Squad. Yeah. How do you kill a werewolf? Uh, stick dynamite in his pants and kick him out a window? Yeah, that would work. No, it doesn't. Nope. <laughs> He'll yeah, come back to get in the nards. It's, you kicked Wolfman in the nards. <laughs> People, if you haven't watched Monster Squad, you don't know what you're missing. Don't it's, even know. It's just too bad they couldn't get the licenses. You know, that would have been. Oh, the real. Uh, Universal Monsters. Yeah, Universal Monsters. That would have been. I say Warner Brothers Monsters. <laughs> the Warner Brothers. Game Talk, no filler. Right. Well, that is a game. It should have been a game because they don't allow uh, girls in their clubhouse. 
Phoebe the Phoebe. Boy, we're really getting into Monster Squad talk. Congratulations. <laughs> Man, when they, when they dump them out the plane, that is awesome. They dump them out the cargo bay. Dude, Fucking so cool. Gilman comes out of the... Oh, man, he, he's so cool looking when he comes out. That should have been a video game. That would have been... That'd be a good theme, though, like monster games or something like that. Well, you know what fucked it up, right? The goddamn trying to push it off as Ghostbusters. Oh, was that really what, what happened? Yeah. If you're not afraid of a ghost, then you're not afraid of them. You better be afraid of monsters. This is really, they don't, you know, that had some serious elements in it, you know? I think yeah, it was that, more serious than Goonies. I had a friend who said it was the only movie that made him cry because because <sighs> of Frankenstein. At oh, the my end. God. Frankenstein's monster having to go away and everything and the little girl. And he was like, it made me cry. He was like, you it was like, so sad. I cried. I don't know how many times I watched that and cried. Probably 10 I don't know if I'll cry if I watch it today, but it's out on Blu-ray. You could probably get it for $2. Yeah. So here comes uh, the suicide bomber bum, <laughs> bum cun. Um, you have to just keep pummeling him. You keep pummeling and pummeling and pummeling. Like I said, he's a clown. One thing I also forgot to mention about this is the music is fantastic. And that's one thing about the Nintendo systems that has always been, I think, a common thread when they had the Sony chip in the Super Nintendo. Then I don't, I'm not sure if the music followed on with that, but Super Nintendo was super. The Virtual Boy is just amazing because the speakers are very stereo because they're right next to where your eyeballs fit into the 1920s photograph machine. <laughs> the photograph you crank camera. the handle to, yeah. to power up your virtual boy. Yeah, and you have a you know you have a, this big uh, thing of black powder in a in a <laughs> shovel above your head. Um, so uh, the sound is just unbelievable because that is uh, is 3D as well. It, it really, I mean. It, it was like the first time I heard Q sounding in the arcade when a lot of other machines weren't running. and uh, But even better. You don't need headphones to play this. You don't need anything. The sound is amazing. And this game has great music, great sound. Even before any of the graphic comes come up, you're treated by this beautiful 8-bitty intro that just sounds symphonic. I don't know how. And now, I don't know if you have a 3DS, but that has the same type of almost surroundy sound. Yeah, I love my 3DS. I got it a little too late to get in on the Ambassador program, which really stinks. <laughs> Me but, too. Uh, yeah, I really wish I had, had gotten in on that because there's a bunch of games that you won't sell me, Nintendo, because you say they're Ambassador games and I'm not allowed to get them. Yeah. But Dicks. anyway, I, yeah, I would love that. that would, this would be a perfect kind of game or Wario on there because I've been playing the uh, 3D remake of Kid Icarus on there, and that's fantastic what they do with those uh, old games, clean them up, make them look real nice. Right, and Sega's perfect for that. I, I've I've purchased every Sega game except Altered Beast because it just I, I can't see spending more than a dollar for that. But they did. They, spend more than they, they made that 3D as well. Um, so Bokum, he, he, when his counter gets down to 10, he just doesn't do anything. You have to get him down at least past his halfway mark. And then that's when you charge up your machine gun punches and you can beat him. If not, like I said, he blows up and that kills you. I can't remember his ending thing because I'm too distracted by Prin's. Prin is the only female that you will fight. She is 16 years old. She's a rank B. She comes from France. Her name is uh, Sherry Fresnel. She's just 16. You know what I mean. No, uh, that's 17. Uh, what is the 16? She's 16. She's beautiful. When and she's mine. 16, I drove a big robot 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here she is uh, in her 3,800 kilogram robots. That's 3.6 meters tall. She has a seven millimeter armor, but she's still only a class B. She was one of the easiest people to beat. However, she was one of the most fun people to beat because she will bitch slap you. <laughs> but that is not the best part. She will booby jackhammer you. Wait, what? Her boobs will back and forth jackhammer you. Like like pistons? <laughs> yes. Booby pistons, TT Schmootkins version one. Yeah, are we sure that's not who this actually is? And I never blocked one of her booby piston punches because <laughs> I wanted her to booby punch me. I didn't care. It's a robot booby punch. Oh my gosh. It was and she's sexy. But then you start punching her face off and then she's like a lizard head. Whoa. So it's uh, it's a lot like uh, Devil's Crash or something. Yeah, that's exactly it. what I was going to say. Yeah. She's like Hydra <laughs> Hydra face. But it doesn't matter cuz she's still got a nice rack. Now I know that you know th this is this is probably inappropriate for some people. But Mazinger Z when when it came to America's Transor Z, the female robot in there used to shoot her rocket boobs. Fire one, she go, and then fire two, and her boobs would fire off in the rockets. And then they changed that, you know, they edited that out when, uh, when I guess people complained that's, about that, it. That's so silly. I mean, I there know. are millions of like guy robots who shoot like, their dicks off. Shoot their dicks off. Exactly. <laughs> that, was, I mean, that was that was in robot jocks. <laughs> yes. You know, or like pull their chest open and have like beams shoot out. You know what I mean? Like, what's what's yeah. the difference, really? We all we all got nipples. You got them there. Shoot him. Yeah. I mean, did, did she have robot nipples on, on her boobs? No, but they were, they, they were stylized, you know. She's a very stylized robot. She has a lot of moving parts and probably the most complex-looking robot of all the robots. Like I said, she's pretty easy to beat. Blocker slaps. She can pretty much fall prey to any punch that you throw at her. You really never get to use your machine guns too much, your, your machine gun punches. Basically, only on the first character and on um, the last person I talked about when he just stands still. Uh, when you dizzy your robots, that's when you're supposed to be able to machine gun them. But some of them re just recover so quickly. And if you accidentally throw a jab instead of charging your machine gun punch, it's going to wake up. So you, you blew your opportunity. So very unlike uh, punch out. I don't know anything in here that is like punch out except your boxing. But you're not even wearing boxing gloves. Yeah, it's more of robots in the in the diamond. What do, what do they call that? The thing they fight in in the UFC? Octagon. The octagon, yeah. Octagon. Yeah. This is octagon fighting where you don't run around. <laughs> octagon starring Chuck Norris. But mm -hmm. you, And you also don't get booby punched. And I got to tell you, <laughs> see, I, that's a great thing about this game being so difficult. I don't think anybody ever made it here to see this funny, funny stuff. When she loses, she's like in a, uh, like a workout uniform, I guess. Very modest, but her midriff is showing. And she does like this uh, dance of the veils, but she she doesn't take off any veils. They're just like, she's just waving these flags around. And she dances off. I, but, I like, the, like the rules for this. If you lose, <laughs> you, you got to dance. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and then the next boss is Ikanger. Ikanger. He's from Australia. Uh, you'll, never get, you'll never guess what his robot is. Uh, it's a anteater. Nope, it's a it's a it's a crocodile. Uh, no, of, of course it's a kangaroo. He's the first rank A robot that you'll fight. He's nine. 
He's male. He's uh, piloted by Kevin Pasco. Very Australian name. <laughs> uh, I was hoping like a, <laughs> a kangaroo was piloting the kangaroo robot. That would be neat. He does have a Joey in his pouch. Hmm. He has a little baby kangaroo in his pouch, and his baby is fucking cheap. Because <laughs> <laughs> when his baby starts pounding on you, it's very hard to block because it's a, it's a low block, and those are kind of hard to block, and, it, and it's sometimes hard to stop. So you got to really try to knock this guy around and jab and jab and jab before he has a chance to let his joey start pounding on you. I love how kangaroos always seem to make their way into video games. Yeah. Streets of Rage and Tekken. Got to fight kangaroos. Why? And, and you do because you of the famous boxing kangaroo stuff, you know. Um, I don't know why you don't box a lot of bears. They used to have that. Well, I guess you wrestle bears. Yeah, more. Well, they do. They have, uh, I mean, Kuma in Tekken being a bear. And he's, a, yeah, and he, he can. Or she. I don't know. Yeah. Well, one color is panda bear and the other color is uh, grizzly right. bear. Something. And the panda bear is the girl and then Kuma's the boy. Which is weird because you have the wooden girl made out of trees and then the man, tree man. Yeah, trees don't have sexes, do they? (sighs) Evidently, that little twig is for something other than birds sitting on. (laughs) And they got berries. Mm -hmm. This kangaroo is kind of cheap. He moves back and forth, back and forth. It's hard to do anything but jab on this guy. He's going to duck most of your stuff. You can also try uppercuts, but he'll move out of the way of a lot of things. Once you dizzy him, then you can hit him with a with a hook. Can you he, hit the little Joey in the face? If you like hit in his belly, do you punch the Joey? Yeah, but it doesn't hurt him because he gets this shield around him. This metal shield shields the Joey. Mm. Now, he had a very funny animation when you beat him. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> the tra- is there some sort of traditional Australian dance? He perhaps he, he comes out and uh, <sighs> shit does the safety dance or something. He just no. fires up a didgeridoo. I forget. <laughs> I forget. But I'll tell you. But I do want to mention one thing. <laughs> you know Frank from Donnie Darko. That's what this kangaroo's face looks like. So oh. it is awesome. It is really cool. Nice. Next is. Uh, Tukikage. Tukikage is from Japan. Of course, he's a rank A, another rank A. He is driven by Mamuru. He is a 10 in agility, 27 years of age. This guy will be your number seven robot, and that's your last robot unless you've beaten everyone without having to restart. He's a ninja, and he rides in a ninja robot. I remember how his ending animation, he just stands there like a ninja and disappears. Fuck, I wish I could remember. That kangaroo guy was the funniest guy. All right, I remember. I remember, and I better have remembered, because this is the only reason you'd want to listen to this for so long. (laughs) Okay, ready for this? The guy is is in the spotlight. He turns sideways. He squats down. And then he farts. And he fart flies away. He flies away with his fart. As we know, all Australians can do. (laughs) It's the Fosters. It is. Fosters is Australian for beer. Unless you ask an Australian person, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about, Fosters? (laughs) 
so I'm so glad I remembered that right off the top of my head. I didn't have to pause and look at a video. <laughs> oh, did this game happen before or after Booger Man? Uh, that is a good question. 95. So flying away with your, uh, with your farts is a very sort of Japanese thing to propel oneself with gas and fly away. Well, like I mentioned, all the time I talk about J.J. and Jeff for the Turbo Graphics when it was originally, you know, Takashi's Castle people. And Ken, that was your attack, was a fart. The more French fries you ate, the farther your fart went. Nice. And, the stu- and you know, they were brown farts. And the stupidest thing is that when they brought it to America as J.J. and Jeff, they had them squat over, but they squatted in the other direction and they used a spray paint can. So you ate french fries to make your spray paint go farther and your spray paint was brown. <laughs> Makes sense. The most popular color of spray paint is brown. Yeah, looks great on on brown and red brick. I guess. <laughs> so, uh, talking about uh, Tukikage, I don't know what that means. I know Kage is uh, is a word for ninja because of uh, because of the game Kage. Yeah. The Legend so, of Kage. The Legend of Kage. So all you really have to watch for this guy is when he goes back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth, uh, duck, and then uh, then just jab. And he'll also disappear when he reappears. Just say duck. His hook will go right over you and then just keep jabbing and jabbing. And if you can get in any t- other type of punch, uh, you're good. And then, like I said, his ending animation, once you beat him, is just stands there and then makes the double finger uh, ninja symbol to disappear and, and leave behind some leaves. He does the Naruto. Is that what it is? Something I don't Naruto know. Naruto does that, I guess. It's a little Naruto move. Uh, I used to study ninjutsu when it was popular in the 80s. Oh, yeah. And they gave you all different type of uh, hand gestures that you could do for different types of ninja things. Oh, did you get a name, like in Three Ninjas? I did not. Oh, <laughs> The last guy you fight is Bamshin, and Bamshin is the legendary champ. And that's what they say. You can't fight the legendary champ because you suck. (laughs) He is ranked double A. He's from Canada. And I don't want to tell you too much more about him. He's he's seven. He's a male. But his power is 10. His armor is 8. And his agility is 10. He's not as hard to beat once you understand his techniques. And one of his, uh, oh, he's a giant cat robot. One of his big moves is to jump up in the air and then come down and give you the cat claw. Well, when you get him to do that, he's susceptible to an uppercut. And that's pretty much how you can win that part of the game. Now, I got to tell you, some of these people can beat these characters in 15, 30 seconds. Jeez. I cannot do that at all. (laughs) Maybe the first dude I could beat. And sometimes I'll beat them in the first round, but this can go, I don't even know how many rounds it could go because I was already in the fourth round and and hadn't beaten one of the the characters. He'll do that a lot and he gets dizzy pretty quickly. So when you do that, you can get in, you need to get in your machine gun punches. So when he comes down from one of his claw jumps, you uppercut him, he'll get dizzy and then you quickly machine gun punch him. But like I said, the controls are so wonky that it's very, very difficult. When he wins, when you, when he wins, then you lose. When you win and you beat him, in the spotlight is Melky, a actual cat. <laughs> and he starts to walk off stage and he does the cat stretches that cats do 
when they're happy to see you or they're ready to get their food. So he does a front cat stretch and puts his butt up in the air. And then he does a back leg cat stretch where his, his torso is up in the air. So very, very satisfying ending animations, fart flying, cats going around, uh, suicide bomber robot, booby punching robot. So much potential ruined by the fact that the controls are awful. The controls didn't have to be awful. It was already, you already only have seven opponents, really. That's kind of a short game, and especially if these people are beaten in 30 seconds. But I don't know how you could get that good at it. So that's my robot punch that took an hour, and I said it wasn't going to take me an hour this time, and it did. <laughs> these things happen, man. You gotta... I suck. No. <laughs> yes. No, we needed, Frank, we needed to know all the names of those robots. Uh, yeah, and their ages yeah. and their shoe size and uh, everything else like that. Exactly. We had to know. Clint Cockworth, go! Well, I, uh, I'm going to talk about a game that I actually didn't play back when it was released in 1991. Oh, that's one more thing. This game I knew was a stinker, so I didn't buy it until it went on sale secondhand at a Blockbuster. It's funny that you mentioned Blockbuster, so I just wanted to Oh, yeah, yeah, we played Virtual Boy. Yep. Go ahead, hit me. So uh, this game came out in 1991 for the Nintendo Entertainment System here in America, but I only recently heard about this game uh, through the internets over the last couple years, and it is called Shitter, I mean Shatterhand from 1991. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Shatterhand. Which is a fantastic game for the Nintendo. It was developed by Natsume and published by Jalico here in America. This game is, it's all, it's all about punching. If you look at yeah. the cover, actually, the, the cover is similar to the Teleroboxer cover. But instead of a robot punching you in the face from the cover, it's a cool dude with like spiked up 90s hair with fake Oakleys on punching through the title shatter hand and yeah. you can see his skin's ripping off and under his skin is is it's robotic yeah because this game is set in the year 2030 when there's evil military renegades known as metal command led by general gus grover wow and they want to <laughs> conquer the world by building an army of cyborg soldiers this happened 20 years after ken yes. was in the future doing his street fighter which I believe is one of the most horrible jokes that Nintendo pulled on people in their virtual console to purchase Street Fighter 2010. All these kids thinking that they're going to be punching and kicking each other, and then they get one of the worst platformers of all time. Yeah, and this game reminds me a bit of Street Fighter 2010 colon the final fight. <laughs> Which was not the final fight, because this happened 20 years after. Yeah. Uh, And you play a character known as Steve Herman, (laughs) (laughs) who is a young police officer from the Bronx who loses both of his arms in in a skirmish with Metal Command. My buddy and I, and I I hate to keep butting in, but Bionics is my thing. Bionics and robots. And my buddy and I were talking about the $6 million man. I recently talked about him, J.J. Arms. They call him The Hook when he appeared on Hawaii Five-0. He's a private investigator that lost both of his hands and he just had hooks. He had a gun hook. He could fire guns from his hooks and he had all the different types of things. And my buddy Andy says, man, when I saw that guy and there was, he was on a pool table and he just slapped his one hook down on the table and uh, the guy said, it's the hook. I just wanted to go out and chop my hands off, blow my hands off. 
And I was like, yeah, isn't that, isn't that weird? The 70s, you know, the $6 million man, the bionic woman, you just want to get your limbs amputated. I want to get hit by a car and offered to become back as a robot. <laughs> yeah. They even made the G.I. Joe, the um, Mike Powers, the atomic kid. He, he was missing one arm and one leg. And you're like, fuck, I could fly around as a helicopter with my bionic arm. I want to get my limbs cut off. Actually, that, that, that makes me wonder, whatever did happen to Inspector Gadget to cause him to become mostly machine? They never got into what kind of horrible accident he went through. Do you think he was a real person or do you think he was always He has a, a niece. I know, and that's kind of, you know, you know, fucked up. He's the legal guardian of that little girl. Maybe he's only an uncle through marriage. Yeah. Or or maybe, yeah, he could be an uncle through marriage. Maybe it was like his sister or his brother. Ew. Uh, there was a terrible accident, and he was the only one who survived while his brother or his sister and their husband or wife died, and he, he had to take care of Penny and her super intelligent dog. A lot of pathos in Inspector Gadget, I guess. Yeah. Maybe well, he had a Japanese husband. That built him as a sex doll. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that makes the most sense to me. Go, go, gadget strap on. <laughs> yeah. So much like Inspector Gadget, uh, Steve Herman, after this incident with Metal Command, is offered two cybernetic arms developed by Law and Order Regulatory Division, known as Lord. Ah, I would have called it Lard. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, he, he, he accepts the offer and he becomes an agent codenamed Shatterhand. Yeah. Now you were, you're going to fight the Metal Command. The only problem is this game is really hard. This is not a, a simple platformer. This is the kind of thing you are going to need to play many times, levels over and over again to uh, figure out what's ahead of you. What's up with Robot Punch being the hardest games created? I don't know, but you it really is, fucking... and, it, and it is because that's all you have as an attack at first, is you punch guys. Yeah. You know, right and you look kind of like the dude from Bionic Commando, you know, he's rocking the shades, and he's got a big green bubble vest on, yeah. and you punch guys, and there are guys you can punch bullets too, so if, uh, if a bullet Ooh. gets too close to you, you can punch it. You can't punch it back at the guy, it just gets rid of it. Uh-huh. You go through the first level, which is an intro level, you know, shows you how to play the game. You fight this dude with a shotgun at the end. He jumps around and stuff. You figure out his pattern. He's pretty easy to beat. But then after that, you're taken to a stage select screen where there are five stages to choose from. And I have beaten some of them in the past, but when I revisited this game for this today, I couldn't beat any of them. <laughs> because they are, like I said, it's not an easy game. It, it, why it reminded me of uh, Street Fighter 2010, The Final Fight, which is a very difficult platformer game. Yeah, This I found very similar. So you have an industrial lava plant, I think is all I can say. It is some sort of big place where they make lava or metal, I don't know. There's an airship, uh, a place I call Fire City, because it is just a giant city that is apparently all on fire at once. The snow forest based, which really reminds me of uh, Snowfield from Contra. Hmm. including bombs falling down from the sky as uh, you're moving along. And then there's a cave river hideout. And I have to imagine after you beat these five levels, there might be a big final level after that. But I haven't gotten that far because it's really hard. Yeah. But it's really fun because uh, the main mechanic of the game being uh, you pick up these little power-ups. You punch little boxes and out pops a power-up that either has, I think, an alpha or a beta symbol on it. And at the top of your screen, you have three empty little boxes. So you pick up an A or a B, you know, it slots it into the first one. Mm -hmm. And depending on the combination you pick up of these three, summons a little robot 
helper guy mm-hmm. who now will float nearby you. And depending if you know you pick up like beta, 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 you get a little robot guy that throws out bombs. If you pick it up like A, B, A or alpha, beta, alpha, it'll be a robot that swings a sword. So there's a lot of different combinations for power-ups you can get. That's like Spriggan for the PC Engine CD. You are a robot, but it's a shooter. And you can line up different color gels in a certain type of configuration. There's more than two, but depending on how you line those gels up, it creates different types of uh, blasts. Cool. So, or yeah. even like, uh, was it like Gunstar Heroes, where you can get all the yeah. different power-ups and combine them together. Right on. Yeah, so the neat thing, though, is is what you could eventually do, which is hard to do, though, with these power-ups, is if you collect another set of three power-ups, the same combination... The robot transforms and connects to you, and you're this cool, full cyborg robot man for, for a little bit of time. You shoot out big energy blasts to let you uh, get through the enemies, which is a lot of fun. But once again, really hard to do because when you die, you lose your, ro- your little robot pal, but you'll keep your power-ups. So hmm. you, you can pick up the power-ups and fill them up again and get another robot guy back, but then you still have to get another three power-ups to, to power up to the super, super-duper level gotcha. and blast guys. Well, it's nice that they leave you, though. So I guess it would be pretty impossible to just be a regular punch-and-kick guy. at the Yeah, lo- it can be hard. There rounds. are uh, You pick up money from enemies, and there are little platforms you can stand on and power yourself up. The way they represent on the screen is you have a green vest and then it transforms to a red vest. They do a little palette swap. And then I think you are you might be a little more powerful or you, you're able to take another hit. I couldn't really tell what the bonus was to having the red vest. It didn't seem to do anything with your attacks, but it looks cool. <laughs> and you can also uh, refill your life on pedestals for uh, the monies you collect throughout the game. The controls are good. It reminds me a little bit of Strider. It has a little bit of a floaty kind of feel to it. Mm. You know, like he he has a very set pace, you know, when you're holding the controller and going left to right, he feels very uh, like it's steady. It's not super fast. Mm-hmm. So it has a little a little bit of a floaty feel to it, but it's a lot of fun. The graphics are really great hmm. because this was towards the end of the Nintendo cycle in 1991, which was the same year the Super Nintendo was actually released. The companies working on this and the people, you know, have had a lot of time to become very familiar with the system. Right. So, so the game looks great. It sounds really good. The music is actually done uh, by the same guy who did the music for Metal Gear on the MSX and oh. Russian Attack. And he did the sound effects for Snatcher. Oh. And, uh, and he worked with another guy who also was the composer on Pocky and Rocky. And, and you know, this is the same company, Natsume, who right. made Pocky and Rocky sure, and sure. stuff like that. So, And, yeah, because they, they had, like, the 3M and the 5M chips, I guess. They used a lot of those in the Mega Man series. I think that's yeah. what they were called, 3M and 5Ms. And, and this reminds me a lot of Mega Man, too, because, you know, it, even in the fact that when uh, on your stage select, you have the five, it's like your guy's standing on this pedestal <laughs> at the bottom, and the wind's blowing behind him, he's standing there all dramatic, and you pick your level on the big screen, and then he teleports out, you know, a lot like Mega Man shooting uh-huh. up into the sky. So, you know, with the stage select screen, reminds me a lot of that. And it reminds me a lot of Mega Man X, because you have the intro level, and then after, you go to a stage select to choose where you want to go next. Um, sadly, didn't get to get to any of the other bosses because this game, it game's really hard. Reminds me, like, uh, even like Ninja Gaiden, you know, you don't have a lot of reach oh. with your attack. You got to oh. really time your hits when your guy's right in front of you, you know? Yeah. You uh, ain't kidding. It's an all around great game. It's just really hard. Yeah. Is, is the only thing I dislike about it is that it's hard. And then there's also these uh, little grenades that 
sometimes you'll punch open a, a box and hoping there's a power up and there's a grenade in there. Mm. And if you don't jump away quick enough, you'll take a ton of damage. So you have to be also be really wary as you're going along trying to get power ups to every time you do it, make sure it's not a grenade. Or if you've played through the level a bunch of time, you've kind of memorized which ones aren't power ups and which ones are power ups. And then there's also a cool mechanic where uh, there are fences in the background and you can jump up. And if you hit up on your controller, he'll grab them. And then you can hold on to the fence in the background. There's a lot of platforming elements that use that. And the only issue there sometimes is the fences blend into the background with the colors a little bit. And you, won't, and you won't realize that you're supposed to jump here and grab this fence to make your next jump. And I'm sitting there like, I can't make this fucking jump. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, not realizing there's just this fence right in the background. If I just hit up, he'll, he'll, he'll grab onto it. It's a really fun game. Definitely recommend people check it out who enjoy platformers on the NES, especially if you enjoy a challenge because it is very, very hard. As I said, I couldn't beat any of the levels. And I know I had gotten at least past two or three of them, but I couldn't remember which ones, you know? And mm-hmm. I went back to it and I'm like, I'm not familiar with any of these uh, anymore. I don't know. So Because you can select any pathways, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it pretty much is that uh, when you go to the stage select, you can pick whatever stage you want to do out of the five stages in whatever order. And because there's no sort of power-up mechanic, you know, you get at the end of the stage, like Mega Man, you don't have to worry about beating one level before the other. I find that I'm trying to figure out which one's the easiest and get through that first so uh, you can work through it. Because when you die, the one thing I like when you die in this game is it just stays on your a shot of your corpse for like a good six seconds <laughs> before it, it transfers you back to start, you know? You get hit, you're laying there, and your little robot guy's just floating there, like wondering why you're not getting up. <laughs> and then he, he just vanishes, he leaves you, because who the fuck cares? He's, he can't get you back up, but... <laughs> The, the great thing the great thing is is you have infinite continues. That's good. The only problem is is when you continue you go back to the stage select screen. Mm. So you then have to start whatever stage you're on over again and there are usually midway points on the stage you can reach that when you die if you still have lives it'll reload you you won't have to do the whole stage over again. Mm-hmm. Another neat thing I like uh, wrote down here is that lava in this game doesn't instant kill on the level. If oh. you fall in the lava, you just take damage. You can jump right back out uh, quick enough. Well, that makes sense because you have bionic arms. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that is like an episode of Six Million Dollar Man. Really? He, what is he, like run through lava? <laughs> no, but anytime, you know, Jamie Summers or Steve Austin would try to lift something, their arms would just rip out. <laughs> you know, because they're, atta- they're attached to flesh and bone. <laughs> you know, so exactly. it doesn't really matter how strong their shit is. It's attached to flesh. Yeah, which which is definitely the same case with this guy. But, yeah. Uh, one thing I have to recommend, though, is if when you start the game up, don't hit start right away. Because there's a cool little intro screen where like the, some evil dude tries to shoot at him. And you get a cool animation of him like dodging his bullets and coming in and punching the guy right in the face. And, you know, he's got big shades on and stuff. So really cool game. Very 90s, very robot punchy you punch robots you punch turrets you punch other guys trying to run at you you know some of them i've noticed that there are guys that'll shoot and you can duck below their shots and then there are certain guys that you either have to jump or punch like you can't duck under their bullets so but go check this game out hmm. and you can Shh. duck so that's good he has knees unlike mega man yeah unlike mega man he he does have <laughs> knees and can bend them thankfully they weren't replaced and made robotic like his arms so. you know that's what i hate about mega man is no ducking 
That's my pet peeve that I used to bring up almost every episode. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could see it be annoying. I mean, especially uh, when there are games like this where you can do it. You're this you're this sophisticated robot, and Doctor Wiley couldn't or Doctor Mustache couldn't build your fucking <laughs> knees. What's going on here? Doctor Light doesn't have knees, so why would his he he made his creation in his own likeness? <laughs> I guess. Okay. Great, Clint Cockberth. Thank that, you, Frank Hamblin. This has been a really fun show. Play all these games that you'll never be able to beat and are impossible. To- <laughs> Great. I think, I think you can beat Shatterhand. I think it just takes a lot of practice and, and a lot of memorization. Yeah. We could title this episode, Three Exercises in Frustration. <laughs> With robots. With robots. Yes. Well, now's the time of the show where we find out next month's topic will be... Here's T.T. Schmookin setting the premise of next month's We Talk Game Video Power Magazine Pick It A Buck program using her Pennsylvanian electronic numerical integrator computerized risk IEEE recognized octal-based 48 gigaflops blast processor emulator random adject subject service generator. Also known as Rosenstein's Information Technology and Enriched Elbow Macaroni, We Talk Games Committee for Podcast Conformity and Listener Integration, Peeny Acker I Rob 48 Blapper Ass G2000. Bigfoot by Nico Kachawa. Hello. My name is Titish Kmukins, setting the premise of next month's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Pick a Debug, program, using my Pennsylvanian Electronic Numerical Integrator Computerized RISC IEEE 48 Gigaflops Blast Processor Emulator and an Adjective, Subject Service Generator, also known as, the Rosenstein's Information Technology and Enriched Elbow Macaroni, We Talk Games. Committee for Podcast Conformity and Listener Integration, P. Ni, Akari, Rob, 48, Blapparas, G2000. Next month's premise will be. Dungeons and Drag Queens. All right, well, there it is. So we have to get our Dungeons and Drag Queens games ready for next month's Pick It a Buck. RuPaul's Dungeons and Drag Queens race. That was a great game, but. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was for the Apple Pippin, and I don't think many people own that. No. Yeah. Do we have Do we have to pick a buck? I mean, I sent you my five. We bucks, do have Frank. to pick it a buck. Here I go. I always forget. Let me shuffle the fives. We got uh, uh, Alex got Greenspan, Clint Cockberths, and of course Frank Hemblin. Let me pick out here, and the winner is Wiggly. Who? Wiggly wins. Wiggly from We Talk Games. Is that the guy you play in the, the time show? Time That's the guy, I, yeah, I uh, sat with him for a while, tried to bring out the method, and tried to emulate the best I could. 
Did you use prosthetics or what? I mean, you looked just like him. Yeah, I, I had uh, one of the guys that worked on Planet of the Apes. So oh. if you'll notice when I move my mouth, sometimes it's a little rubbery and you see two sets of teeth in there. <laughs> well, here we go for Alex Greenspan, Clint Cockberth. I am Frank Hemblin. Remember, don't dodge the piston boobies. Pick your box!